Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dittmar, Abby Kidd, Marcos Flores and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. I'll have to speak to our voiceover man, Abby Kidd. Welcome, Albie Kid. How are you? I've been called a lot worse, Let me tell you. Uh, superstar Marcus Flores is with us as well. Hello, Marcos. Good morning, guys. How are you? And the biggest newsbreaker in the game is Val Miliaccio. Coming up today on our podcast, uh, Adelaide Oval. We've got some massive breaking news about that in the World Cup. Uh, Archie Knox, uh, who uh, was assistant coach to Alex Ferguson at Man United, he will join us to talk about a European Super League. Val, quickly tell us, what is the European Super League? Yeah, it's it's a proposal that FIFA, as far as I understand it, have put together and uh, looks like they're going to be injected with about $10 billion worth of money. And these wow. are the biggest clubs in Europe. Yep. An 18-team league, doesn't look like there's going to be any relegation. The Wall Street Bank, JP Morgan, is willing to put money in. Mm. This could be the demise of domestic football in Europe Champions League. It's it's massive. Yeah, and, that's uh, huge. It's gaining some legs. That's a big story. All right, two local clubs here in Adelaide are in big, big trouble. We'll find out about that, and we'll cover everything else in the EPL and the Champions League as well. Val, tell us about Adelaide Oval. What is the latest? What's happening? Well, Simon Hill, the famous, uh, the voice of football in Australia, he sent off a tweet last night saying that Adelaide Oval was back in the picture for the 2023 Women's World Cup when it was never on the table because the people from, I think the AFL kicked up a big stink. Um, they said, no, nah, Hindmarsh Stadium looks like it's back on the table mm. and it's set Twitter alight. And I uh, just want to hear your thoughts. And I, I don't think it's the right venue to host any Women's World Cup games. Not forgetting, we probably won't get the Matildas here. We could have, for example, Costa Rica, Cameroon. How many people do you think are going to watch that yeah, game? There'll be a few people there. Be, they'll get lost in the, the size of the stadium. To me, Adelaide Oval is the only choice, though, Val. As far as South Australia is concerned, or or if you're talking those sorts of games, use Hindmarsh. Absolutely. But the, the proposal that our government put in, the state government, uh, a couple of years ago, or last year, was a $3 million upgrade. So what what would that get you? A brand new canteen. You're in the industry, Albie, the building yeah, yeah. industry. What do you get for $3 million? Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot, but uh, you look at Hind- it's good what you say there. That's because that's a, that's a common sense thing that you know if it's a lesser crowd use Hindmarsh, but they've got to tart it up a little bit. You know that in the European um, Youth European World Cup, they b- blocked off the corners and it and it was a good stadium. But you need a roof on the outer, which is Val, what Val's talked yeah. about before. You definitely need a roof. Yeah. And uh, with conditions we have, whether it's boiling hot or freezing and raining, you need a roof. And then the other thing is too. You're saying, Dits, you know, if you're not filling Hindmarsh Stadium up, we don't need a brand new stadium. Now, I'm going to throw this to you, Dits. Mm. Port Adelaide, yeah. 2013, 2012. Yep. They were getting 10, oh, 12, 13,000. 13, 13 14,000. Yeah. And then they went to Adelaide Oval, what, yep. 2014? Yep. They jumped up to 35,000. Yep. Isn't it? You build them. You build it, and they, they will come. come. Yeah, I can see your analogy there, and it is a good one, actually. Port Adelaide were in the doldrums. They were playing poorly. They were playing badly. So whether that had something to do with it. But membership definitely spiked. It spiked when they moved to Adelaide Oval. So I do take your point on that, but I'd still like to see Highmarsh full on a regular basis to try and force the argument. Yeah, the disappointing thing is, too, with all this, because FIFA is actually uh, – 
judging which cities now will be the host cities for the 2023 World Cup. There's all this talk about Hindmarsh, Adelaide Oval. I don't see the federa- the local federation has remained quiet as to what they want done. And I'm thinking, are they not representing us? Yeah, why aren't the they game? lobbying on behalf of the sport? Well, 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 why why are they so quiet? Yeah. I can't understand that. Marcus, can I ask you a question about stadiums around the world? The ones that are played, for example, uh, Bayern Munich used the Olympic Stadium in Munich. I mean, they, they're not purpose-built for football either, stadiums like that, are they? No. So, what, you know, why is Adelaide Oval a bad option? Uh, but the thing is, for me, it's not a bad option. <laughs> for me, Adelaide, Adelaide Oval, high mashed, yeah? Yeah. For me, is I seen I seen Adelaide Oval, and I get this stuff about Cameroon and blah, 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 playing with fifty fans, mm. but it's a World Cup though. Yeah, it's not. It's just a friendly match. But second thing is that I would say that even in the surface of the oval is one thing, and the surface of high match is another thing in just football in football matter. Sure. Now engaging engaging the community to embrace soccer. In terms of um, 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 to just to come and engage the World Cup is a beautiful is a big job into the community. What we do with the football community, how we how we help to engage people to the World Cup, and doesn't matter which house you have, you need to feel with with fans. And fans are friends and family, mm. and not people just paying the ticket. Mm-hmm. I'll just take you back there, uh, Dits. Bayern Munich are now at Allianz Stadium. So, it's, so they've it's, shifted out it's of there. more yeah. of it. They've, they've moved out yeah. in 2005. Yeah. But I'll get your point because you look at AS Roma. Was it 2005 they moved yeah, out? Yeah, I'll get your <laughs> point. I haven't watched them since AS, then. AS Roma, they've got, they play at the massive Olympic Stadium. Yeah, there's yeah. a running track around it. Yeah. But when there's 70,000 people in there, there's nothing better. I don't think it's so much the stadium. You know, maybe it is if you don't get anybody going to the games. It's the more the legacy. If we win it, what's the legacy for the game? What are they going to leave behind? We've, we've brought this World Cup to, say, Adelaide. Mm. We've brought millions of eyes on the state as well, potentially for tourism. Yeah, We've rejuvenated the love for the game. That's what will happen. So what is going to be left behind? And if it goes to Adelaide Oval, nothing. So, Val, let me ask you a question. The Matildas played here in Adelaide. That we, we managed to get a game in South Australia. Would... Um, would Hindmarsh be big enough to house the, the, the crowd that they're potentially going to get at the game? Uh, Garrett, I can, almost, I can almost say that Matildas won't be playing here. They'll be, they'll be pulled in Sydney, Melbourne, and, yep. and potentially Brisbane, unless there's some sort of freak of nature in, in the group where they finish second and they come over here for a, for a game. But we could get an England. We well, could, Italy versus we, Croatia. Imagine that. That would be... I don't know, 50,000 will turn up, but it would fill Highmarsh up for sure. Yeah. So. I think the comments, I think, honestly, I do think that Adelaide Oval is too big to house the, that, um, it is important, I think, I disagree with Marcus, I think it is important, the ground, that it's, it's going to be a good surface anyway, but but to fill Hindmarsh to get a good atmosphere for a World Cup for the ladies, I think that's that should be the aim. 
But a, refurb- right. a refurbished uh, Haymarsh. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about uh, the local game here for the moment, Al, because, uh, Val, you've written um, an article here for me to read saying that on the weekend, Campbelltown's Mark Marino was sent off for an elbow uh, against Blue Eagles. He got five matches, mm-hmm. which you're saying is too excessive. It was just a red card, which uh, he obviously deserved. Then there's a teenager suspended for 12 matches for a racist remark. What's Alleged. your issue? Alleged. Yeah. Okay, alleged. What's your issue with the disciplinary committee here locally? Education. Yeah. Rather than being heavy-handed. And and I saw that elbow that Marino um, was against Blue Eagles. Yep. It was a red. Maybe two? It didn't warrant five matches. Okay. Now there's a five for sure. Yeah. Now there's this poor... I'm not going to even say the club of, of this young kid. He's a teenager. He's done wrong. 20-odd matches... If he did the same in the schoolyard, what do you think would happen with the kid? They suspend him for six months out of school? No, no. there'd be an education process. There'd be an education Certainly. process yep. and a detention process, possibly. But this is my beef with the DC is, and I've noticed over the years, they've been too heavy-handed when really education will help. Because I'm convinced, I'm almost 100% sure, that everybody in the game are not murderers. <laughs> They don't want to kill each other. They get fired up. When something like this happens, gentlemen, I think you've always got to go to the highest grade football to make the right decision. If Pogba puts an elbow in someone's face or whatnot, how many weeks is he going to get? Two. That's the that's what should happen then, right across the board. But even a, a young child saying something maybe wrong, if it happened in the Champions League match to another player, yep. How many, would he get 20 games? Or she? No. Well, as you're Dutch right, mentioned, you're it's right an up. education process. That, um, that's what, that's what yeah, should it's be my, happening. It's my beef. I think that they're out of touch. I think education hmm. is much, much better. Yes, they're doing wrong, some of these boys and girls, and mainly, mainly boys and men. But let's educate. Let's put, out, let's put arms around each other. We're all in it for the same thing. We love the game. In football, in football you need to have people working together and... If we're gonna make decisions like that, you need to have football people to actually <laughs> yeah. to actually yeah. say to them, mm, "I don't think so." Mm, why we don't double think this? Yeah. I don't know, guys. If you notice it, when we discuss things about soccer, I always think about just playing. Mm. That is why over high match for me. <laughs> Just playing, let's play the sport everywhere. Let's yep. play the sport in the park. Yeah. But I understand <laughs> all the things. Yep. Now, if we discuss this. We want to educate referees. We need a football person there, a football former player, former coach that said, whoa, can I give my opinion? Can someone listen to me a little bit? I think at that thing you need to actually act and decide and make decisions through your heart also and through your common sense, not just only on the book. Totally agree. I've, and I've never been to the DC. I don't know how it's set up, but... I've been to DC on the wrong side. I remember those It's called days. the Albie Kid Room, isn't it? I've named it. I think Marcos is right. We need people actually with that same love of the game and not treat every incident very coldly and, and harshly. And right, Val, what's, uh, what's the situation with Gawler and Modbury Vista? Yeah, well, I mean, a few. this happened a few weeks yep. ago now. Yep. And... Um, it got really nasty, and then it, it even made the papers where um, a player from Gawler, I think, did something with a fan, and, and he got a number, of, uh, a great amount of matches. They lost points, and there's a lot hinging on at the moment. 
with the game tomorrow night between Eastern United, who are yeah, top, yep. who are top, and they're facing off uh, the Gawler Eagles. They're playing games now without fans as well, and they've been hit with uh, pretty big fines. Well, they're actually playing Modbury Vista. Modbury Vista, I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah. So it's a big game there. And look, I hear what you're saying about the the uh, the situations that happen in a game. That's you know that. Nobody condones that, but uh, look, it's all about football for me. It's a massive game tomorrow. Nothing else should be brought into it, in my opinion. It's going to be a good game. It'll be a a fiery game. The referee's got to be right on top of his his game as well to keep it in in check. And and it might be a case that... um, the, the club that wins that will win the championship. Have we got referees this week or is someone getting married or has someone got an engagement or is, <laughs> no, is there a birthday party on or but is there... A... Just going back to the, those incidents and it was reported on FSA's website they've got rid of Football Federation because they're not a federation because none of the clubs are members which is another argument yep. in itself. <laughs> I can't believe it that no, the clubs haven't got to say it. But anyway, they haven't named the players with the suspensions. But I can go on the DC and I can see a kid from, from 2014 getting 10 matches and his name's still on there. I'm thinking, what's mm. going on? Mm. What is going on? That's, it needs to get cleaned up. All right, so a bit of trouble brewing there in the local competition. Let's head overseas, shall we? And this is what happened over the weekend with the Champions League. Great ball from Kane for Son, who scores? 45 seconds. It's Harry Kane, 2-0. scenario for Rangers early in the game early in the contest and it looks like it will be a right proper contest this Tavernier to take it Goldson with a flick and Rangers have scored already a pulsating start to this blockbuster derby it's brilliant it's absolutely fantastic Marnie who's full of them in this fixture Robertson has had a great week with Scotland Robertson for Marnie and Liverpool Lashed in in front of Gladys Street by Sadio Mane. Blind pass for Mane and swept in by Henderson. The skippers won it for the Reds in stoppage time. To deny this goal would be to break red hearts. Red hearts have been broken by the denial of this goal. Up steps matter. And he scores and hits halfway. halfway. So some wonderful highlights from England over the weekend. Boys, how did you see the weekend of football? Well, some good uh, good games and some good results. Spurs uh, drawing with West Ham there. Uh, Villa, for me, that's on fire. You know, they beat Leicester away from home 1-0. They're right up the top of the league. You're... you're um, Famous West Bromwich Albion drawing 0-0 with Burnley. <laughs> oh, it's a point. Come on. Uh, but Everton that and Liverpool. Uh, I watched that game. Um, the Which game? game? Everton and Liverpool. Oh, yeah. thought it was a good game. What happened at the end? got really controversial where Liverpool were denied a goal. I must have fell asleep then. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, I, I was actually flicking between Rangers and Celtic and uh, Man, uh, Everton and Liverpool and... Uh, you know, that was a good game as well, going on to the Celtic and Rangers match, you know, but um, massive derby match, Rangers beating Celtic away from home. And that now doesn't the top happen of the often lately. Yeah. yeah. But it did happen. Exactly. 
But how about, uh, well, in the last couple of days, Champions League action, Dits. Uh, boys, today, Michelin, A1, the Bills team, played Atalanta, and they were, they were given a lesson. Atalanta beat them 4-0, and uh, they're just not in the same class. And You'd expect that, though, Val. Yeah, and A1, Atalanta he, he, very, very good he, he did okay, but hardly on the ball. He tried a couple of step-overs. The, uh, the defenders of Atalanta worked him out straight away. So <laughs> it, there's just a different... Different class. Yeah, but he needs a bit more time. You know, and I'm and I mean this sincerely. Give him, you know, wait till he's had ten games under his belt or something like that. But he's got to get to the the level and the speed yeah. of the game as well, doesn't he, Marcos? Yes, it's, it was big challenge for him. Now it's two options, or you come back home and realize where you're standing to work up, or you start decreasing your 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 career because now he faced what is the highest level. Yep. Mm. Now, he, he, with the mentality that this kid has, he will be perfect. He will come back home and he will think, I need to improve. I need to improve here, 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 and then collectively, obviously. Yeah. People find their level, though. You know, the, the, the higher level you play, you, know, you, you, you play against a, a superstar. Um, and, and really, it's, you know, it's not long before you say to yourself, geez, am I, am I at this level? You know, yeah. I remember playing against Danny McGrain, who was a... Um, a fantastic right fullback, and I played wide on the left, and you know I could never ever get past them. I, th- I needed to mm. check inside all the time, and that's just good defensive professional work from Danny McGrain. And when you when you suss yourself out there and you determine your level, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen with Mabil. But I'm I'm not saying he had a bad game. I'm saying the whole team was was just a different level. Yeah, Atlanta, yeah, yeah. and then they got to face Liverpool and Ajax. So you know, say your prayers, guys. I think they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna struggle to score a goal. Man United, by the way, guys, two one winners over P- PSG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in, uh, Paris. in Paris. What a good result that Massive is. shock, and Cavani's still injured with that, so he's still yet to come in. Uh, and then how about Bayern Munich? 4-0 over Atletico Madrid. They're really spanking the Spanish teams. I mean, what they did. Atletico Madrid, good side as well. I, well, you're, you're Bayern a, makes that, that anyone look bad. What, why are they so good? Because they so discipline. So much because, because the Germans, you know, when they do the things, they do committed. They do, they follow the structure. They got away and they go for it. And they don't recitate. They but, don't... but their opponents go to sleep because they're so boring. <laughs> That's also what happens. Yeah. So can in be. the end, they win. Can be, can be. <laughs> and even you know, the Atletico Madrid is one is one team that is always about the, the defensive structure and counter attack. Definitely. But but when the Germans move the ball around, like Bayern Munich did against PSG. You don't get many, many options. Mm. Yeah, but they uh, they they play power. G- the Germans have always been like that, and I I heard the the term power football like it was brand new. No, man, it's been in since 1954. Yeah. The Germans have been powerful, strong, and but another shock was uh, Real Madrid losing to Shakhtar Donetsk away, three two, and Barcelona yeah. back on track, smashing Fenerbahce um, yeah. Vados five one. But it, it's good action. Good Champions League. Just early, early, early days yet uh, for the group stages, but um, some great football there. 
All right, uh, fantastic wrap-up of what's been happening in Europe over the last few days. Um, we mentioned at the top of the podcast, at the top of the show, the uh, the mooted European Super League, uh, reportedly about $10 billion to be uh, sunk into this idea, which is incredible. Uh, earlier, Val Miliaccio and Albie Kidd chatted to former Manchester United assistant coach Archie Knox about this very topic. I presume it's early in the morning. It would be early in the morning. Certainly is. Only about 8.30 there, uh, Val. We've got the legendary... Archie Knox, obviously there's a big association with Albie Kidd and Archie, but uh, Archie Knox has got a resume that you really can't believe. Uh, he's coached, looks like, about 20-odd clubs, including Rangers, was the assistant at Manchester United, and uh, most recently Aberdeen, and more importantly, he was your boss. He was my gaffer at uh, Dundee, and uh, went on to bigger things, and uh, assistant manager to Alex Fer- Sir Alex Ferguson, as we, we all know, and uh, had a magnificent uh, career. So the one Aberdeen won the European Cup winners in 82 or 83, I think it was. Um, he was the man there with, with Fergie, and uh, what a what a fantastic um, result that was against Real Madrid. Archie, can you, can you cast your memory back to, towards that game? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you're right there. It was uh, unbelievable for a team provincial team like Aberdeen to, to win a trophy like that against, especially against uh, a club with the, the history of uh, Real Madrid. So it was a, a fantastic uh, spell for Aberdeen that. Just, um, Archie, I've got, I got to ask you, like, that was an amazing feat way, way back in the 80s and that's what, 40 odd years ago now, or less than 40 years ago. The, the big news coming out of Europe at the moment so clubs like Aberdeen will never ever get a chance to win that trophy again if the big clubs in Europe form this Super League and it looks like FIFA's endorsing it. So Manchester United want to be a part of it. Looks like Manchester City, Juventus, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Is this going to destroy European football as we see it? Well, we don't know. We don't know exactly what they're, what they're planning. You know, is it, does it mean that they're going to be a European League and these teams will only play in that league and they won't, they won't play in the National League. But I, I really don't know the, the full detail. Nobody knows the full details of it yet. Well, again... again. Uh, I think, if, I, I think that, if that was to happen, then it would be, it would be very sad for sort of the national football. You know, I mean, there's no mention to the biggest clubs in world football, Rangers and Celtic. And no mention of them being uh, involved in that. Now, if you take uh, comparison to um, any of the any of the other European teams, then they would certainly be up there. But uh, I don't see any sign that uh, Scottish football would be involved. Well, that's a massive uh, issue, and as we did speak to your fair, Archie, it was uh, one of the main things uh, on the interview was to say. Uh, something about the Celtic and the Rangers. Obviously, the demise of Scottish football is such that to, look the comprehension from people over here and you know not globally, but uh, over here in Australia, in countries like this, they just can't comprehend the size of the the club Celtic and Rangers. And surely they've got to be invited into that Euro League. Well, uh, the, at this particular time, Albert, there doesn't seem to be any sign that they would be involved. You know, I've I've uh, I've got a list of teams. You know that 
If you go to Spain, you're Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Italy, Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan. You're no longer coming up with 18 teams. Well, bear him, you never mentioned the Germans Bayern. either, that's Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund. Well, that's what I'm saying. Borussia Dortmund, yep. France, you've got PSG, uh, you know, massive clubs. But, you know, I've been involved in quite a few uh, big derbies, you know, if you look at Liverpool and, uh, Liverpool and Everton, Everton yeah. and Celtic, uh, that type of stuff. And there is, there is nothing, there is nothing to compare with a, a, an old firm derby, a Celtic Rangers derby. Just with with this proposed European Super League, could could this do you think Archie kill off domestic football in nations such as Scotland, maybe Wales, uh, Ireland, Belgium if they can't get a team in there, all the all the ta- all the nations outside the Big Five? Could it essentially kill off those nations in a footballing sense? Well, I mean, you don't know how it's all going to unravel, but. Um uh, I think VAR is been killing off uh, football as it, as it stands anyway, but, but that's another <laughs> subject. But, but um, it, it, it would be very, very difficult for... Uh, you know, say, say the English League, right? Say they have six... They're talking about six teams uh, from England. You know, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton, Tottenham. Now, say they went out of the league, now, what's left? So, what are the other teams playing for? Mm. Are they playing? And they're saying that there would be no relegation from that league. So, what are the other teams playing for? Yeah, Do they set up another comp? Do they set up another European competition? Well, there might be a sixth division or whatever, you know, just to. But look, it, it seems look, very tasty, very marketable, but it is going to make the all the other leagues uh, globally very mediocre. Uh, absolutely, no, no doubt about that. I can remember, and you'll know, you'll find, uh, remember Jim McLean, yep. uh, Albert, and uh, Jim McLean said all these years ago, you know, 50, well, 40 odd years ago, he said that, you know, then uh, European football and, well, we Jim was uh, agents and stuff like that, but really, really sort of kill the game. Yep. And, uh, you know, then it's it, it, it's and he said that Scottish football would probably turn into a, a, like a, a league of Ireland or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the type of that's the type of thing that we that we'd be worried about. Definitely, I think. I mean, look, what, what is there for? What is there to keep the Scottish football? Say Rangers, Celtic, right? And there are big clubs in Scotland, Harps and Hibs. Traditionally, there are big clubs. Aberdeen. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what's, what's to keep them going? What is the aim for them in a season was to qualify for European football yep. and have something a bit different? But uh, they're not going to be involved in that now. Do the others, do all the others that are not going to be in this uh, Premier League or whatever league they call it, then are they, are they not going to be involved in any other European competition? Well, it's a good point you make. It's a good point you make, but but look, let's stay tuned here. It's a, it's a massive thing happening in, in global football, so we will uh, basically stay tuned on that, Archie. But I'd like to change tact a little bit. You know, looking at the your former club, Man United, 
you know, their defeat last, well, a couple of weeks ago at Old Trafford against Spurs 6-1, that's unheard of, Archie. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. And, and the same day, uh, the same day Liverpool getting beat um, where, at Tottenham, wasn't it? 7-2, yeah. Uh, yeah. Aye. Aye. I mean, two, two remarkable results. And you, would, you could never imagine that happening to, to either of these teams. Yep. But anyway, they got back in track a little bit last night. They did. The game, Good result. Uh, yeah. Last night against PSG. PSG, yep. And they, they, they performed well last night. We're a team that you're saying to yourself, well, there's two, two or three players in there that, you, that have not really had any first team football. Yes. So it was a fantastic result for them. I think Solskjaer, I think Solskjaer, you know, looking at the whole thing, though, Archie, he's got to be under a, a bit of pressure there. We've seen an interview across here, uh, uh, Evra sort of bagging him that he was sort of, well, he called him a puppet, <laughs> which, uh, which, I, which I knew was a puppet. But uh, uh, I was just wondering, you know, that's, that's uncalled for there, isn't it? Because I thought he's, me personally, I thought he'd done very well last year, making, you know, the top four. And then he's confronted with a couple of bad results and he's getting bagged from a lot of people that's got a bit of note in the game. Well, that's, a, well, that's what happens now, Albert. You never get, you never really, it's almost something controversial that they're trying to bring up, you know. And uh, two or three bad results uh, and everybody's under pressure now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And if you look at Watford and teams like that, these days though actually it's a different environment that um, people are coaching in or managing in you know the, the players you know they used to play for the club and 
you know, today there's so many high-profile, egotistical people in the game earning millions upon millions of dollars, Archie. And, uh, you know, it's just um, it's just a sad state of affairs. You know, I just think that, you know, and you see it even here, and it's all relative because you see it here in Australia as well where players think they're bigger than the club and, and it's not a good environment, in my opinion. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Then uh, supporters in our day, Alvin, right, could associate with players. You know, yeah. maybe if you were a joiner like I was, yep. then uh, your, your pals in that were maybe tradesmen and uh, that type of thing, and you played football, and, you, uh, and that was your pals. But nowadays, Alvin, right, if you go to any of these big clubs, uh, and I'll not mention uh, particular players, yep. and you go into the car park with some of these clubs, or, or, for instance, uh, there's a player, uh, I, I won't mention the name obviously, but there's a player that uh, I know of who gets brought to the training in a chauffeur-driven Rolls Royce. Well, that's what used to happen with me at Dundee. What are you talking about? I have a year for you to afford three things or Exactly. Archie, look, I'm going to finish up on um, a quote from a very great manager. Um, there was a true legend that I think you might pick him, but I'm going to read this out and see if you do pick him. And, it, and, and it's relative to the players in today's game, right across the, the, the countries. Cups and trophies are not won by individuals, but by men in a team who put their club before personal prestige. I am lucky that I have the players in my team that do just that. Who said that, Archie? Pop. Jock Stein. Uh, I mean, I could go back to the likes of Bill Shankly, but you, uh, you could never imagine Bill Shankly, Bill Shankly um, tolerating uh, coming out with <laughs> words like that. Yeah. Now, Jock Stein it was, Archie. Was who? Jock Stein. Was it Jock, was it? Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I can, uh, I can just one, one little last message. Yeah. Uh, uh, before I go about Jock Steen and Alec Ferguson, when Alec was assistant, uh, uh, Jock, uh, with Scotland job. Yeah. Right? Uh, Alec, Alex went on and he used to um, discuss, you know, the team and set pieces and all that sort of stuff. And Alec would be going on about, well, you can put that up on the wall and who you're marking at corner kicks and stuff like that and Doc just said to him one day he says look Alec he says I don't know what you're bothering about he says there's only one ball so if it comes near you you head it or you kick it <laughs> <laughs> that's when you were defending the corner kicker a free kick there's only one ball head it or kick it <laughs> no bad advice, yeah. Archie, look, thank you so much for your time. Well, we'll get in touch with you as the EPL gets into round 13 or 14 or whatever, see what you're doing, or, or you've got some comments to Man United or whoever. But thanks for your time and uh, all the very best. Okay. Thanks, Archie. Thanks, Archie. Cheers. Cheers. There he is, Archie Knox, uh, superstar, former Scotland manager and former assistant to Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. All right, let's look at the EPL matches this weekend. Albie, who we got? Well, I think the pick of the games uh, uh, is West Ham versus Man City. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, that's going to be a, a decent game. Man United versus Chelsea. 
So Man United uh, getting back on uh, good terms uh, in the Premier League. They're beating Newcastle last week 4-1 yep. away from home. So they've, they've turned the corner. And um, the other one for me is Arsenal versus Leicester. Leicester, you know, needs to get picked up there because they got beat from Villa uh, at home there. So Leicester away from home. Uh, against Arsenal, so that's going to be a that's going to be a cracker of a game, I think. And so. who's the uh, Super Club from Birmingham going to beat this weekend? Who have they got? West Bro- Bromwich Albion, yeah. uh, Val. Yeah. You've got that there. Brighton, Brighton. Tuesday, Blockbuster. Tuesday morning, Blockbuster. Four a.m. Tuesday morning. Look so out, you seagulls! Morning. Look out, you Brighton seagulls! <laughs> but then again, we've got, we shouldn't say that because we've got uh, soccer in there, Matty Ryan. Mm. Uh, and between the sticks there, yep. so we and should be a wee bit more kind with that fixture. Talking about yeah. Socceroos, Albie, uh, you got some some news on uh, obviously what's going on with the Arnie situation. Yeah, I had a I had a half an hour chat just before the the, the show the, today, and um, Arnie, as it's been um, well documented, has been offered to go to Korea. Yep, to F- FC Seoul, Seoul mm-hmm. and um, he told me he's knocked that back. And the main reason he's not going, f- he's not going. And the main reason for that, Dits, is that he. You know, he was said to me, the, the the green and yellow blood has held me back there because he's in charge of the Oleroos as well as the Socceroos, yep. 60 players in, yep. involved with that. And he just felt obliged to to stay in that role okay. to take them through. And they'll look very, well, very... Good on him. They'll yeah. think it's fantastic. Yep. But then two, it was, Australia was supposed to play two friendlies in November yeah. and they've England, been canned. The, both of them have been canned. He, and he is a frustrated man just now. You could tell it in his voice there, but... You know, everything that uh, he's planning, he's actually planning to do their home games in Qatar, believe that or not. Which means that it's yeah, really that makes public. sense because geographically yeah. it's very central, isn't it? It's yeah. easier for people to get to from Europe. It does, but it just deprives uh, the. You're playing about 49 degree heat, but apart but from what, that, what does it do to our product, though, if we, our national team's playing in Qatar? See again, Val, sorry? It, I don't think it's, it's the. It might be during COVID. Yeah. Hopefully this ends, but. To have our national team playing home games in Qatar. He did say to me, listen, this is a, a crunch one. He did say to me, look, the World Cup qualifiers, are we? He says, I don't think we'll be playing a game within a year. Within a year? Well, you are okay. kidding. That's what he's, he's so tipping. What, so what so he is a very, very, very uh, frustrated guy. Mm. We'll get him on the programme next week, Dits. He's Fantastic, uh, right. Graham Arnold we'll to be chat. here on the Real Football Show next week. Val, what are Adelaide United up to? Have they signed anybody? Well, uh, we flagged this a couple of weeks ago. Joe Coletti, mm. ex-Brisbane Raw, spent some time in Norway. He finally put pen to paper for two seasons. Right. A good signing. Um, a small player, dynamic, and midfielder. They're also looking at other very young players. Um now, Bruce Kamau, he trained with Valentino Yule. He was at Western Sydney. He's gone back to Sydney now, Bruce Kamau. Valentino Yule's been training with Adelaide United. There's another very good young player that plays for Croydon. Kurkur, uh, Kur, K-U-R, K-U-R. Another yes, he's a good player. Real good player. He's attracted not... I don't think Adelaide are interested at the moment, but he's attracted interest from other A-League clubs. Has he? Yeah. So, tell me this, Val. They are clearly watching our... NPL here in Adelaide, are they? Other clubs? Well, it's easy to do now because Marcos told us a couple of weeks ago that all the games now are broadcast yeah. on Facebook. Have, so you, have you seen him, Marcos? Yes. Yeah? Yes. And how do you rate him? I think he's a really good player. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'm supporting now uh, the fact and I wish that Adelaide United can sign five 
MPL players. Well, I'm, I'm ra- you know what? This is good for Croydon. They've, they've played really well the last few weeks. So first of all, um, young um, Dominic. Dominic is signed by Adelaide United, and now you're saying this boy could go to other clubs. I think it's fantastic. Well done to Croydon. And then Yaya Dekuli, uh, 17-year-old Melbourne City player, ex-Melbourne City, is now about to train with Adelaide United. I think he's just had his wisdom teeth pulled out. But it's good that they're looking at the young players. My main concern is, and we spoke about this on the way into the studio this morning, is that Adelaide have got, in my opinion, two very good experienced players. That's Michael Jakobsen and James Troisi. They've also got Michael Moroni. I'm a bit worried about if, like I said, if things are good, young teams, they're on top and they smash teams and stuff like that because of enthusiasm power. If things are bad, mm. that's what my concern is. That I don't think there's a, a good enough mix there at the moment. I'm not sure if I'm... Talking out I really think they need to be honest with the public, and then and it won't come out uh, until maybe another couple of months because the squad that they get together will determine what their strategy is going forward into the season. Mm-hmm. If they're going to play the young kids to give them game time, which I think is a fantastic uh, opportunity for the club and for the young players to see if they're good enough, because you've really got to find out how if they are good enough to play at that level. And you could actually do that within probably uh, six or eight months, in my humble opinion. Mm. You know, like I said, you know, Ange Constanzo's lad, uh, Dominic Constanzo, yep. good player. Yep. Yeah. Is he good enough for the A-League? I think we'll find out in the next eight months, ten months. We will. And the other thing is too, Bruce, you'd say when he first got into the job last year, he said on the record that Adelaide United have spent the most ever in their football department. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right, let's see if it bears fruit. You've been listening to The Real Football Show. You've got Albie Kidd, Marcus Flores, Val Miliacho, Chris Dittmar. Just before we go, Marcos, next week, I know you've got a big, big beef about junior coaching in this town. Something has upset you. And this discussion will be really interesting for a lot of parents to have a listen to. So we'll get you to do a bit more research on that throughout the week. And I'd love to hear your story next week, okay? Beautiful. All right. That is The Real Football Show. Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota. SA's number one Toyota dealer.